Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is a bona fide social media star. With more than 3 million followers on TikTok and almost 60 million combined views, the podcast is getting crashed by David Bonfadini, better known to the internet as the Magic Crasher. Nick Lacapo and my dog Rocco join me to talk about the featured novel of the week from Michael Kaminskis. Before all that, the show kicks off with the two-time Foolish alum Caleb Wiles joining me for the top five under five. Caleb Wiles, thanks so much for joining me here on the top five under five. Let's get your top five tricks in under five minutes, and these can be in no particular order. Hit me with number five. Oh, this is going to be tough. I guess the number five will be the trick that's been in my repertoire probably the longest from this list, and that is uh, some version of Paper Clipped by Jay Sankey. Oh, I, I've closed more walk-around sets with that uh, technique than anything else I've ever had in my repertoire. I got into the habit of carrying a folded paper clipped card in my suit jacket, in my working suit jacket. It's just always there in case I need to get out of trouble. It's, it's probably yeah. one of the most valuable sort of switching techniques that you could possibly have as a card magician. Yeah, it's so powerful. And I, it also plays with like the the paradox thing, which I love in magic of yeah. like, did it appear there? Was it always there? How is this sort of a mystery card plot, which I've always loved? So that's definitely yeah. on the list. It's brilliant. All right. We're off to a very strong start. We can only go up from here. Give me number four. <laughs> All right. So I guess the, ne- the next one that's oldest in my repertoire is a trick of my own called Reswindled, which is my uh, handling of a trick uh, called Reset by Paul Harris, mm. um, which is, you know, ha- has a history of its own. Um, and, you know, it took me a long time to realize what I actually innovated in with, with that trick. You know, it came about because I was just playing around with the regular reset handlings that a hundred people have published before. Um, and then essentially the idea that I landed on was if I just do reset twice, so I have two, I'm going to call them reset packets. Yeah. You get like a bazillion times more the magic for no more effort. Um, <laughs> and the presentation makes more sense. So, uh, I, that was my first trick I ever published. Lots of big name magicians, David Williamson, Paul Harris, uh, lots of guys do that trick. Uh, even, like I said, even Paul Harris has switched to that version. So yeah. uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. Oh, it's, it's fantastic and, and a really good trick. All right, let's move on to number three. All right, number three will be my favorite opener uh, in Magic. And it's not my routine, but I, again, I've done this thing thousands of times, and that is uh, Stand Up Monty by Garrett Thomas. Oh, man, I love Stand Up Monty. It's so good, and I, I love... I lifted essentially what everyone thinks it's like a Monty routine, but really it's just like the best handling for wild card. It's so good. Yes. yes. It's, it's a very like visceral wild card because I love wild card, but wild card is like a watch it happen. You could watch it on a zoom, yeah. you know, uh, screen and you're seeing this elegant card handling. This is like, Hey, you hold this. It changed. You hold this. It changed. This is in your pocket. Now it's over here. It, it, it I, I don't do anything else in my uh, repertoire that beats people up as much as that trick. Um, and so that's why I think it makes a great opener. You, you know, you come up, you, uh, you get right into the trick and then they see, you know, two or three amazing magic moments in like 45 seconds. And then, you know, in three minutes, they've seen, I don't know, 20 magic moments. And if they're not impressed by that, uh, that's a good time to exit. They're probably not in the mood for the style of magic I'm going to bring to the table. So if you want it's a great opener. If you want to beat them up, you use a Garrett Thomas routine. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the, I believe that was uh, carved on the uh, the first mountain in, in the world. Is uh, You just go <laughs> right. look for the, the first words in any language. It's just if you want to beat them up, use a Garrett Thomas routine. Okay, excellent. Yep. Uh, if Garrett Thomas is at number three, I shudder to think what is at number two. <laughs> I'm kidding, well, in no particular a, order. <laughs> it's another Garrett Thomas routine. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? 
it is, I think he calls it lie to me. I, I don't even remember where I learned this from. I think it was a, I don't know if it's a download or maybe he just showed it to me, but uh, it's based on a trick in greater magic where you put a card on the table um, and his version, I think, is just the best of all the versions I've seen of this. But you, the idea, you put a card on the table, you have uh, a card selected, and you tell the person, uh, you're going you're gonna to lie to me. I want you to tell me what your card is, but don't tell me what your actual card is. Fib to me. <laughs> so then they, they do that, which is already a great premise. So yeah. they say, you know, it's the three of clubs, and you know the card at this point. So let's say they really selected the ace of hearts. You can kind of say, oh, most people change the, change the, the color. They change the soup and they keep the value similar. And you just, you know, it's hot reading at that point. Mm-hmm. So you you tell them the the selection, which uh, is a strong effect on its own. And then you say, but you know, it's weird that you named the three of clubs. And now you show that the card that you put on the table before you ever started is the freaking <laughs> card that they named. Oh, it's so good. It's a great trick. So good. Oh man. I, I love the idea of telling someone to lie to me. That's just a, that's yes. just a beautiful way to start any relationship is on a lie. Uh, yes. All right, Caleb, give me with number, hit me with number one. Oh, number one is a tough one. I, I'm going between two different ones, but I think I'm going to finally end up on 26 factorial, which is oh. uh, one, one of my own tricks. It's the thing I'm the most proud of that I've ever created. It's um, a knockout but, trick. It's in your lecture. It is in my lecture, yes. Yeah, um, yeah it was in my first book, and then, uh, you know, I, that was years and years and years ago now, uh, over 10 years ago. So I've got new work on it, uh, some of which I've explained in the Penguin Lecture for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just it's a great closer. Um, it's one of those tricks, too. I, I, I meet people who do it, and they just talk about how they just do it sometimes like casually. And I think it's fine to do casually, but to me, it's perfect to close a set. It doesn't have to be a formal set, but if you do two or three card tricks ahead of time and then you end with that, I find that the every action's just explode even more than if you just show it as a one-off trick so i've closed a lot of my shows with that over the years man i remember watching you do it in the lecture and it was just like even even having i've seen you do it prior to the lecture but even having seen it done it before it's just it's so strong and it hits you like so hard when you see it it's just a very very powerhouse routine uh a real real amazing thing well Uh, Caleb, those are all five fantastic tricks. Thanks so much for joining us on the Top 5 Under 5. Thanks so much to Caleb Wiles for joining me on the show. Before we move on, I want to give you a heads up. We filmed an amazing lecture with Caleb where he talks about effect theory and construction and how to set up a show so that you're setting up effects later in the show while you're performing other effects at the beginning. It's brilliant. It's genius. It's amazing. You need to check it out when it hits the market. On to the main event. The world knows David Bonfadini as the Magic Crasher, a character he plays on TikTok that demonstrates magic, does pranks, and a whole lot more. David sat down with me after his Penguin lecture and got very candid on how he went from enthusiastic amateur magician to social media powerhouse. And now you get to join our conversation. Magic Crasher, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm very excited to have you on because I... I think that you're a very interesting character in the world of magic is because it's very clear that you, you are a magician and you're a fan of magic, but the, the your name is David for the record. Yes. Your, your, your legal name is not magic crasher. If it was, then I would be talking to my parents. <laughs> I wanted to, David, can you sort of walk me through where the magic crasher came from and how it sort of came to be? Because the, I don't know many people who have two and a half million followers on TikTok. I, I do have a friend who has uh, almost 200,000 following and, and she's, she caught fire in the ADHD world and, uh, and came up, but like, but 
a hundred thousand or a couple hundred thousand is a very different thing than two point five million, which I'm I'm bringing up your TikTok to double check. It's sorry, it's two point seven million. I did I hope I didn't mean to offend you. It's okay, it's okay. By the end of this, it'll be three million, so it's okay. I, you you dramatically overestimate the reach of my podcast. I appreciate that. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about where this came from. So it started in 2012, all of this. I uh, was working at Big Lots. I've always been a fan of magic. And I have to start the story here because a quick a quick precursor, I got into magic when I was six years old. I saw someone sell it at a fair and I loved it. I loved the fact that he could stop people and then convince them enough that magic was real that they would want to buy it. I thought that was interesting. And the first trick that he did that really got me was the nickels to dimes. So then that really started to spark interest. Eight eight years old hits and I'm starting to do sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. Now fast forward to high school and like eighth and eighth, ninth, tenth grade, I start realizing I have a personality. I can use magic to not be bullied, uh, to not get bullied. I can use magic which some people, I remember I had a youth uh, guy tell me, uh, don't use it as a crutch. And, you know, it was never a crutch for me. It's always been right by my side, which now let's forward to 2012. I'm working at Big Lots and uh, in Encinitas, I'm a manager. I, I was an actor. It, it's just this was the point in my life where it was kind of a start over. And I'm sitting there working and this old gentleman comes up and I just, I don't know. I just felt like doing a trick. I was cashing him out and I was the cashier and I ended up doing, I uh, took his two quarters and I just did a transposition like a SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. And he was like, wow, wait, can, can you do that again? And I ended up, I had a dollar bill change on me and I did a dollar bill change. And he was like, you literally are blowing my mind and you are working you're working like this is not your job. And I was like, yeah, this is what I love to do. And he's like, oh, cool. So he comes back three days later and I was like, hey, Bob. And he's like, hey, I brought my friend. And I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah, we were picking up a couple things. Can you show him some some magic? And I was like, sure. So I do some magic and he goes, I'm just going to tell you. Um, so I'm filming a movie. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> and he's like, I'm filming a movie and I have to I would like to invite you to the set and uh check it out and i was like sweet and um i said why and he's like because you are a lot better than my magic than our magic consultant <laughs> and i'm like wait I'm, magic I'm consultant curious as to who the magic consultant for this movie was i know me too maybe you know when i tell you the movie and i'm sitting there and i'm like wait a minute this old man brought in another old man but this old man's in a movie and i'm supposed to know him and I was like, great. Um, I said, are you being are you being serious? He's like, yeah, this is my name. Here's my number. And you can talk to my assistant and we'll get you on the set. And I was like, Alan Arkin, nice to meet you. I'm David Bonfadini. I go, you sound familiar and you look familiar. And he's like, oh, thanks. And then I'm like, what's the name of the movie? And he's like, Burt Wonderstone. It's with Steve Carell and Jim Carrey. I'm like, what? This is a lie. You're making, no, you're making this up. Nope. Nope, this is because this was a pivotal point where, um, so on my day off, I went to the set and I, the magic consultant was not there. So I didn't get to meet him. And um, so we're talking about like the same Alan Arkin who directed like the Rocketeer and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross and yes. uh, Edward Scissorhands. Like the, the, I mean, 
Uh, well, yeah. Uh, but, he didn't direct it. No, was he was in it. He, yeah, was, yeah. he was, He was in it, but. That yeah. same guy. And that's actually where I remembered him from. Like when he introduced himself and then he said that he was in a movie, I looked at him and I'm like, Edward Scissorhands. No, nah, yeah. no. Nah. And then, no, nah, sure enough. Yeah, he's, he's been in all these movies, not directed all of them. He's, he's been in so many things. Okay. Yeah, so he's, so he's you meet Alan Arkin. So Alan I meet Arkin Alan. says, you're better than my magic consultant. Please come to Burt Wonderstone. So I come to this set and first off, I'm thinking, wait a minute. People can make money for consulting in magic? That's the only thing I thought about. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Wow. So I get there and I'm thinking, this is amazing. And uh, at the same time, I'm hanging out with my skateboarder friends and they're really showing me like this cool platform called YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I never thought about putting magic videos on YouTube. So 2012, I put out my first magic video. It was cool. Then 2013, I uh, decide to work on an old classic illusion called the invisible uh, called the matrix lean mm -hmm. but i uh, cloned it as the invisible chair and i built my own version so i could walk around run in it and even do it on a skateboard and so i started filming that and uh at this point didn't quit big lots and i post it and it nothing happened <laughs> And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And uh, sure enough, that's 2013. Oh, I apologize. 2012, I did leave. And uh, mm -hmm. I did leave Big Lots to just pursue doing magic because I was like, hey, you know what? If I can make $400 a week, take home from Big Lots, I got to be able to do 400 a week from doing magic. Yeah. And sure enough, I did and got me out there. So 2013, I make this video. 2015. It goes viral. So two years later, it has 7 million views in a month. Wow. And I get a check and I'm like, uh, what did I do? And so. Do, do you know kind of how it caught fire? Did it like get picked up by like a, like a BuzzFeed or other, some sort of like blog? Or yes. What, it, what, what, what sort of was the impetus for that video to sort of linger on the internet for two years and then suddenly be in everyone's inbox? It got picked up on eBombs World. Oh, I That's haven't thought why. about E-Bomb's world in forever. Right. So okay, back yeah. then it was E-Bomb, not Reddit, right? So yeah, it was the biggest thing in the world. Biggest thing. And uh, anything that you want to go viral, if it shows up on there. And so my buddy who does a lot of um, SEO, he's like, you know, what? let me, let me, track it down and he found it and he found the original post and he's like oh that's why dude and he's like it was on ebon's world and then rotten uh, rotten tomatoes picked it up mm -hmm. and these bigger ones picked it up and i never even got on reddit so yeah so that's 2015 and i'm thinking i gotta start making this serious so at this time i meet a bunch of other magicians who are also uh camera like they know how to work a camera and yeah. one of my magician friends uh brian Yu, goes yeah, dude, let me film some of your stuff. I like your style. I was like, cool, dude. And so we filmed probably our first project together. We meet up and we lived right down the street. And then at the end, I was like, dude, I think we're kind of on to something. I like, I like setting up these hidden camera kind of prank, pranky stuff. And this is mm -hmm. way before um, Michael Carbonaro. Yeah. And uh, I was like, but I don't know what I should call this. And he's like, dude, you're the magic crasher. I'm like, what? He's like, you're the magic crasher. I'm like, what, what do you mean? I like it, but what do you mean? He's like, well, you, you like, you meet people and then like, they don't really know what the heck you're going to do. And then you do a mind blowing magic trick and they're just sitting there going, dude, I was eating my lunch or I was at work and this is amazing. And I was like, he's like, you really changed their day. And I was like, so would you say like, I crashed their day? He's like, mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm like, huh? So later that evening I come home and I'm like, 
magic crasher. You have a daily routine. It's my job to crash it. And then boom, it was literally that night. It changed 2015. It is, it is interesting. The style of the, cause you do have this, it's not all pranks. It's not all, uh, like straight up magic tricks. It's a really sort of interesting mix of the two. Oh, thank you. The, 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 actually the, the sharp, this gimmick comes to mind where it's like, it is a magic trick, but it's a, it's a sort of, um, I'm trying to think of like the best way to put this sort of like eloquently or succinctly, but I'm, it, it, the, the language words are not coming out of my face hole. Uh, <laughs> it has an icebreaker sense to it. Yeah. It's, it's anyone can do it. Yeah. It's not intimate is not the word I'm looking for, but it, it is very much like you sort of get up close and it's almost like moderately aggressive because you're drawing a marker across someone, but then it vanishes like immediately and everything is back to normal and you sort of ignore the fact that you did this thing that breaks a social norm. Uh, but it's also, there's, they are immediately aware that this is a magic trick and what we're doing is playful and fun, even though it could yes. come across as like taking a Sharpie to somebody's pants or white coat is like an aggressive act, but it is so immediately not aggressive afterwards that they like you. I don't, I mean, is that there's, there's a really fascinating thing going on here and I can't quite place my finger on it. Well, thank you. Yes. That that's, and I think that's what Brian saw was because mm -hmm. when I would do magic to them, I'm, I'm really breaking a pattern interrupt, yeah. you know, and in, I'm trying to do something out of the norm to where they feel uncomfortable at first, but then they're like, yeah. ah, Ah, yeah. and then they warm up. And then at that point, dude, they're butter in my hands. I can do anything I can do at that point. I could just take my thumb off. Like you do, you know, your grandfather taught you yeah. and they would probably think I'm David Blaine because yeah. I set it up beforehand in a different light. I think it's also key to note that when you watch a magic crasher performance is that the, the character is very genuine. And so it's, uh, there's, um, the audience is willing to go with it. As soon as they realize that it's a magic trick, they're very willing to sort of like go in any direction that, that the magic crasher is going to go because it's it's almost like absurd theater, almost in, in, in kind of a way. Exactly it's, like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So so you do so you, you film a couple of videos so and they like sort of hang out on the internet and then suddenly one of them goes viral and then now you're working with a bunch of other magicians. I'm sorry, I don't normally do life stories with like this on the on the but it's sort of I'm following this It's the, relevant. Yeah, because it's 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 not often that you get to meet someone who is who lives in this world and can talk about it and where it happens in a in a relatively compact period of time and you're still you're still going through it but so you're you're filming videos for YouTube and now are yeah. you moving away from YouTube or are you expanding after this with these other folks so now i am now moving to instagram i am taking mm -hmm. youtube content putting it on instagram and starting to develop that because instagram is sort of a more accessible than youtube because it's like sort of based on the scroll whereas like correct. youtube you have to more hunt down what you want it's more of a search engine yeah so with that being said, um, I started putting efforts there and I was starting to grow. And so now I have two platforms I was starting to grow. And then I started collabing and I was able to grow my third platform, which was uh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then that was going for a while. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call from Magic Trick Mike, never met the guy. And he goes, hey, dude, I love your videos. And he goes, I'm on this app called Vigo. And I'm like, cool. And he's like, they're looking for content creators. I was like, cool. And this was about 2016, 17 now. And I'm like, cool, you know, I'll take a shot. So I get on Vigo 
and get Rachel and Vigo too. And we start, I really started pushing the magic crasher agenda on this new platform. And then all of a sudden six months passes, uh, a year passes and I'm still on the other platforms. Vigo never took off, but it was paying Mm -hmm. me enough to keep the, keep the dream alive. Well, Vigo actually is owned by ByteDance. ByteDance ended up buying musically and mm. turning it into TikTok. So I was oh. ah, so here so it comes. So, okay, so you're already you're in TikTok on the ground floor then. Correct. And I ended up uh, getting asked, "Hey, there's a there's a new platform that our company is investing in, and we need creators for that." And I was like, "All right, cool." Well, I was already on Musically thanks to Rachel. Um, Ra- Rachel, for those of you who are unaware, oh, yes. is uh, is David's girlfriend, but also acts as your videographer and uh, helps you create the content. Yes, yeah, so she's my we're each other's producers mm-hmm. uh, essentially. So she's al- she's also a, a, a TikTok celebrity, or TikTok personality, I should say. Yes, yeah, she has identical twin, and then she mm-hmm. also does. Uh, comedy and pranks on her own. And uh, so uh, Rachel is, you know, a big essential part of kind of where we are now because Rachel's like, hey, you know, I've never seen anyone put a magic video on Musical.ly. And I'm like, Musical.ly? Mm -hmm. I'm like, the lip syncing app and the dancing? She's like, yeah. She's like, I've seen other stuff that's not lip syncing and dancing and it's doing great you should do a video and I was like cool so I put up one video and whatever I I had no idea how to judge it and I was like cool then I put up a second video like the next day and that video got 2.1 million and I'm like what what and then everyone was loving me and two weeks later I get this little crown put next to my name on musically I'm like hey babe um I got a crown on my name she's like shut up and I'm like, yeah, I don't even know what that means. Is it like, am I in trouble? And she's like, no, that's like their preferred creators. And I was like, oh, oh, that's weird. And then two months later, without knowing, ByteDance buys Musical.ly. Then they put my name in the thing. And now I'm now on TikTok because it changed. Yeah. So they kept my following and my little mark, which now turned into a blue check mark. So now mm. on TikTok, I'm verified. Well, this is now 2017. Uh, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, and the U.S. market started to really push TikTok in advertisement form. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Michael Kaminska's Klinger. Nick LaCapo joined me via Discord to discuss this worker effect direct from his Magic Castle act. Nick, we got to film with Michael Kaminskis uh, a couple of different things, and he has one thing that is just like, it's this real offbeat trick where a sharpie sticks to his fingers, and then he hands it out, and there's nothing to find. It's it's like his hands are made of magnets or something. It's called Klinger. It's super cool. Klinger is a fun, fun, fun trick, all right? It kind of plays like a puzzle, and it's one that we're all familiar with, right? It's that thing, I mean, I used to do this trick all the time when I was performing shows down at Universal Studios because we used a wand in that show. And um, it's the trick where you like pretend to stick the wand to your hand, right? Uh, But then you always reveal that just behind your hand, you're you're using your other hand with your finger to... um, you know, to hold it in place. It's kind of like a, a fun kid's trick. and But with Klinger, you can go the next step, right? And you can show them what it would actually look like if it's stuck to your hand. But you can do it with a Sharpie mark. You don't have to be carrying around a, like, magic wand or anything like that. I mean, you can do it with a magic wand, I'm assuming. But with the, um, with the, uh, the, the Sharpie, it makes it a lot more, like, 
something that you can carry with you and, and do all the time. And it looks really cool because it actually looks like it's just sticking to your fingers. And, it, and that's because it is, you know. Michael's created a really low-tech method to get this done. And uh, it, it, it works. I mean, it's kind of like a worker. The gimmick is really simple. Everyone has this gimmick. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's cr- a great little extra moment to throw into your show. I know that's how Michael uses it in his show at the Magic Castle. Clinger is such a good trick. You should check it out. Clinger is such a good trick. You should check it out. That was Clinger by Michael Kaminskis, available on penguinmagic.com. And as you can hear in the background, my dog Rocco is a big fan of it too. Also, as a thank you for listening to the show, I'm going to give you 25% off Clinger if you enter the discount code PENGUINPOD at checkout. That's PENGUINPOD, all one word, P-E-N-G-U-I-N-P-O-D for 25% off Clinger. That code is good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with the Magic Crasher. Well, this is now 2017. Uh, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, and the U.S. market started to really push TikTok in advertisement form. So prior to this, you were you were getting fairly well known on TikTok, but the market was primarily Asian. Am I correct? That that's 100 percent correct. Yeah, because TikTok is was is primarily based in or when it was musically before it was TikTok, it was primarily based in China. So you're having like tremendous success in China while still being able to like go to Walgreens and get your, you know, get <laughs> your suntan normal. lotion yeah. or gum and whatever and, and not be noticed. Have, when TikTok really gained traction in America, did you, how did that sort of change what you were doing? Did it just like, did it open up new opportunities for uh, brand, like uh, content branding with, with partners or like what, I guess what was the, what happened there? So uh, w- once Really, Rachel and I, we were on the program and we were just like, you know, just really cr- just trying to create fun content. And then Gary V, I uh, see a video of Gary V pop up and Gary V's like, yeah, TikTok. And I was like, babe, you know who this guy is? And she's like, no, I'm like, but all he's saying is TikTok. TikTok's the thing to be on. And she's like, well, good, we're on it. And I'm like, yeah. So then, I, I mean, I'm growing some traction. I'm about... Yeah. 60, 80,000. Then I finally break a hundred and the twins just sky past me. I'm at 60,000 and mm-hmm. they go to 125 with one video. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. like in a day. And I'm like, that's amazing. And then finally it happened to me and I got to 105 and I was like, awesome. And then I noticed something was going to change and I don't know what it was, but I'll, I won't forget. It was November 14th, 2019. So a year has been going by at this point of what people knew what TikTok was. And that video, I posted a video of me writing with the sharp this on a girl's pants, making it vanish. And that video got 34 million in in a day. That's bonkers. So I go from 104,000 followers in 24 hours to 620. And I'm still like, I have no idea what just happened. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure it out and it opened up more opportunities to meet other creators and other creators are like, dude, I, I saw your video. I love your video. I'm like, you saw it. I go, who am I? <laughs> and so, so you're like, so now you're, so as, so you're just sort of like putting content out there correct. and it is, what, are, what sort of analysis are you doing on this content in order to go, oh, okay, this one worked. I need to go, I need to make it, I need to make more stuff like this. Or are you just sort of like, continuing to put out material that you like what what is that process so yes it it always has to start with what you like what you need to put out what 
you as creators, everyone listening, put out what you want, not what you think is going to get views. You put out what you want. And this is very important because you can get caught into seeing what Julius Dean is doing and other big famous magicians or people in your niche are doing and you're going to want to copy. Well, that's great. And you might catch a little wing here and there, but if you want to be around forever, you've got to put out what you want, not what other people are doing. It sounds like you're not really too focused on some of like the things that some magicians do to like make sure that it like fits the algorithm. Like, like I think, uh, what is it? Facebook, it, it needs to be at least three minutes to be monetized. So you see a lot of videos that are like three minute and one second or something like that. And it may be sort of pointless. Are you even focused on any of that stuff at all? Or you're just like, no, I want to like, here's the video that I really want to make right now in the next 10 minutes. Let's go do it. So that was the process. Yes. This, that was basically it right before the viral video. And then mm -hmm. when that viral video came out, I realized, well, what did I do? And I literally looked at every other piece of content and said, what did I do different? Nothing. I did nothing different. I kept putting out what I wanted and then finally it caught. But then when it caught, then I learned the back end. Uh, then I okay. started learning, okay, now how do I keep it catching? If, if someone wanted to have a career in social media, how would you recommend them go about learning some of the things that are the back end that, that are clearly important to creators of your size and larger? The best thing to do is do it. Because what it is, it's A-B testing. So you need to know, basically, retention is always in your mind. You need Your audience needs to stay retained in the content in order for the algorithm to pick up. Mm -hmm. I also learned in this time, because TikTok reached out to me and they said, hey, we want to make you an official creator. Um, let's talk. And I said, cool. So we meet and I said, they said, do you have any questions? I said, yeah, exactly. How does your algorithm work? And I go like bottom line. And they said, well, we can't really, we, we can't tell you the secret yeah, because, sauce <laughs> because we really don't know. And I said, all right. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, I love the idea that a tech company has no idea how it's on software. They're works. like, we have an idea. And they're yeah. like, what's your idea? We'd love to know. And I'm like, it's got to have movement in it. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, I just got to ask you guys, is your algorithm built on a visual AI over metadata? Mm -hmm. And they were like, bingo. And oh, I was like, interesting. really? And they're like, we're not going to tell you that. But yes, you figured it out. It is a visual algorithm mm -hmm. over uh, over metadata. So then I say, metadata, guys, if you're listening, um, that would be more like YouTube. YouTube is metadata. Yeah. You put in the tags. You put in what you want people to search. Yeah. TikTok, not that. So I'm sitting there going, hmm, that's weird. I'm like, let me test a fun theory. If they're taking my visual algorithm and turning it into metadata and metadata is meant to search so let me see unlike fence uh instagram facebook and instagram it's not a search platform it's a feed platform meaning yeah. it comes it goes well tiktok guys if you're listening start utilizing tiktok as a search platform so for example if you don't know who i am but all you know is i'm a bald magician just type in bald magician and guess what a lot will come up, but I will pop up for sure. Okay, so I'm actually I've got TikTok here. You do bald. You can do bald magician sharpie. Okay, say that. So uh, I'm in the uh, just I'm sorry, that's a bald magician. So I'm just going to search bald magician first. If I search bald magician, I'm in the top. 
so there actually there is someone who is who has got bald magician, but yeah, I'm actually seeing videos of you here. Sorry if I click over the videos. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. But but you you found me within a, a couple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is this is really interesting understanding that yeah, so bald magician sharpie, you come right up. So this is amazing. Yeah, and just so you guys know, I never put any of that into my metadata. There is no back end for me to put that. So that should show you what this was or you know what's happening here it's this visual um algorithm is just so smart and so because it's smart it's going to change when you're doing the same stuff over and over and over you're going not over and over but the same styles it's going to it's going to know it's going to know and then it's going to be like eh, you can do better give me something else and it will stop like giving you those views and then it constantly makes you uh, I'm still a magician. I still mm-hmm. produce magic, but maybe I had to add a transition to the next trick, or maybe I had to add more movement. And so I realized, guys and girls, if you want to make a magic video, don't do it on your tripod. Have mom or dad just hold the camera and rock back and forth. Oh, That's it. This is really interesting that, that you're, you're, try, you're trying to figure out how to make a video interesting to a robot. Yes. Because if it's interesting to the robot, yeah. you will stay on it. Uh, I, you know, it, it, uh, Nick Lacapo and I film a lot of stuff together, and we were trying to figure out like what it is about videos that are made where where you can tell that there's a camera operator on it that it gives it like a sort of life. There's a there's a term for that. We can't remember what it is. Uh, there, well, there's movement. Mm-hmm. There, there's movement. There's but there's um, there are um, you can put like. I guess you can map it in After Effects. Yeah. You can definitely take a static shot and make it look like there was movement. Yeah. Um, I forgot. I don't know if there's... Yeah, you, you can know, make it look sort of like they were running it like a steady cam or something like that. Exactly. Uh, but like also like just like like having it be a smooth shot on a gimbal makes it look better. But just the fact that there's a little bit of movement of the frame makes it more visually interesting to the viewer. And so when you're starting to put together a video for... Instagram or TikTok, being able to add that movement makes it more interesting to the robot, but also the viewer, because that's, these are the videos that are getting featured. It's catch, it's eye catching and you don't even know what it's about because it moved. And then if you, if the first word is, you know, like out of my mouth, you know, I'm going to put this deck of cards in my mouth. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Now you're stuck even more. So you're stuck by the movement. Now you're stuck by the first thing coming out of my mouth. And because it, it engaged you, and then now is the action. The consistency part is something that's very interesting to me too. That as I as I meet more and more uh, social media people, and people uh, people ask them like, "How do you get this? How do you how do you end up like, you know, with a million followers here or a uh, hundred thousand views there?" It, the the thing that I consistently hear is consistency and doing it on a regular basis. I'm a Twitch streamer when I'm not doing this. Oh, you are. Yeah, I stream on uh, I stream on Twitch every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and I have noticed myself just sticking to that schedule. My view count goes up just mm-hmm. because people are seeing it over and over again. And it's I think it's interesting, like hearing from you that the consistency and putting videos out on a regular basis. Hearing it from other. Other folks, we interviewed uh, uh, Rick Lax uh, way earlier this year, and consistency on posting was something that he did as w- uh, talked about as well. But I like where you're getting to, you're talking about figuring out how the algorithm works and then combining that with consistent output of material that you like and not trying not trying to game the system 
there's there's I think you you've got an interesting formula that is easy for other people to replicate if they want to participate in social media in a bigger way. Yes, um, and actually, just to add to that, um, Kyle Marlett got to give a shout out to Kyle Marlett. You were saying that you've been working with him and you've like dramatically imp- in, improved uh, or increased his number of followers. Yes, and uh, Adam Wiley. Adam Wiley is a magician, but he you would know him from. Picket Fences from Kindergarten Cop. He's actually a child actor. He uh, He's the voice of yes. Jimmy Olsen in one of the uh, animated Superman videos. I happen to know. Uh, actually, so, Oh my gosh, how do you know that? Uh, because Adam Wiley and I worked the Magic Castle together many years ago. Okay, so yeah. I was just, okay, good. So Adam Wiley is like a re- really close friend because we grew up acting together because uh, I was a child actor as well. And he was the nerdy kid and I was the overweight bully. So we were always casted <laughs> together. <laughs> so it was great. But um, so we stayed in contact through the years and then, you know, we're always good friends. And then at the end of this year or at the beginning of this year, right before COVID happened, he hit me up and he's like, dude, I know you've been pushing social media. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest with you, I have not been able to book because people are only booking people that have a social media following yeah. and I don't know what to do. And I said, do you really want my help? And he said, I really want your help. I said, do you want my real help? I said, yeah. I said, because what I'm going to give you, if you listen 1000% and ask no, and ask no questions questioning me, but questions to improve what I'm saying or to go along with what I'm saying you, then I'll help you. And he was like, I'm all yours. And I said, cool, TikTok. And he's like, what? And I'm like, TikTok. And he's like, well, not Instagram. I said, nope, TikTok. And he was like, why? I said, because if you can master TikTok, you can grow your Instagram. So he went from zero followers to now almost 200K That's in crazy. three months. Um, Kyle Marlett hit me up and said, dude, I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool. And he's like, I'm not trying to take from you, but I want to know. And I said, oh, you're not taking anything. I go, "Um, what what do you, I go, let me look at your content. And then I looked at it and and he goes, what am I doing wrong? I said, nothing. And he's like, really? I said, no, your stuff's dope. I go, "Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe here and there. You know what? Why don't you come out and collab with me and Rachel for a day. Mm -hmm. So he, he, uh, I did that for a reason because Kyle Marlette is legend and he doesn't need to listen to me. I'm a guy with, you know, uh, with a following, but there are other people with followings too, you know, Justin Flom, Rick Lax, all them, but you know, why me? And, and he was like, you know, because it's, you're doing something different. And I feel like I can go along with that different. And like, I feel comfortable doing something along that different. And I said, all I'm doing is me and I'm doing it within a niche. So he, he collabs with us and he starts getting out of his rut. He's like, okay, I'm growing, I'm growing again. I said, cool. So we stayed in touch. And then a month later, about two months later, which is literally to this date, um, he just hit a video, his very first big viral video that got like over 6 million in, in 24 hours. And he hit me up. He's like, dude, I owe it all to you and Rachel. I said, I said, you made the content. I didn't even know what you were making. I, yeah. you know, and I said, but what you did was you were consistent. He said, yep. Yeah, you, you continue to post stuff on a daily basis. You know, whether, uh, if, you know, the goal doesn't even need to be to have like millions and millions of followers. It just seems like the goal should be to be producing interesting content that you enjoy, which yes. I think is a message that you put out there really well. And, uh, and it's, it's oh, evident in what you're, you're putting out there and it's, uh, 
Magic Crasher videos are fun to watch because it's just like, I can tell how much fun you're having. I think there was, uh, there was some convention that you were at where you were just like, the video is just like you showing like other content creators magic. And it's so apparent that you're just having fun, just like wrecking them with like marketed effects. Like you're not even like, you're not even like inventing some insane gimmick. Don't need to. Yeah. You're just taking stuff that like is publicly available to anybody and you're making an interesting video just by genuinely caring that the magic is good for these people. And it's, it's really interesting to watch. And And, you know, it's not, it's the, the tricks are usually gimmicks or I use sleight of hand, but it's not that it's, the personality that's that's the key we use the tricks to create whatever online persona that we want to um you know emulate and become well magic crasher thanks so much for sitting down and having this like deep conversation of social media i I think this is in this is an evolving conversation that we're going to be continuing to have with more and more creators and more and more uh sort of social media influencers because i think that it's a it's a new medium that is not going anywhere. No, not at all. And there's people are creating magic that is just for social media now. And that's totally fine because it's a, it's a new venue and it, you know, the, the magic may not work in a stage format or a formal close up show, but it's, that doesn't mean it's not magic. And that doesn't mean that it's um, that it's bad. It's just, it's a new venue. And you're, you're definitely one of the people who are, who are exploring this new venue. And it's, it's really interesting to hear it um, because it's changing fast. I mean, you know, what is it? Two years ago, TikTok wasn't a thing, and now mm-hmm. if you're not on TikTok, you're not you're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, you're. Who are you? you yeah, know? Uh, it's interesting. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. Thanks for having me. That's gonna do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to David Bonfadini, the Magic Crasher, for the conversation, and thanks to you for listening. Next week on the show, I talk to Eric Ross, known for his sideshow stunts and bizarre magic. It's an interview you won't want to miss. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you are arguing about Godzilla vs. Kong on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you'll have to roll up a D&D character and join me on the field to do battle when I compete in the finals of Melee Ball this Friday. That is not a joke. I play entirely too much Dungeons and & Dragons, and somehow I'm in the finals of a D&D sports-based tournament? Y'all, my life is weird. Anyway, you can also hit me up on Instagram, at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, wear a mask. Practice, practice, wear a mask.